0: Last week, we said this uh, number one, that we're going to fight. And number two, you see, you're fighting your own flesh. But number two, whatever well, one we said, to fight your own spiritual battles. I remember that fighting your own spiritual battles and our own demons, and we all got them. And so, now number two would be today, and that is this fighting our own flesh. And so, we talked about the, our own spiritual battles to have focus, to be faithful, to be fervent, and uh, diligently doing these things. And then now we have to realize, okay, there's spiritual battles, but there's also our own flesh. And so the difference between a spiritual battle uh, is simply this. is uh, There's a spiritual warfare between Satan and uh, between good and evil, between Satan and the spirit. Uh, that's constantly at, at war. But then there's another battle, and that is of my flesh, which is me. Uh, now it's my issues. And so um, stuff that I want in my my own way and all those things and so uh number two that is this fight your own flesh so here we go <clears throat> that first blank there is anger and we mentioned anger before i'm not gonna take a lot of time but it is a it is an issue uh and that is our own anger uh, ephesians chapter six if you will go ahead and turn there we'll start there this morning ephesians chapter six and uh, verse number four ephesians 6 4 and um talking about um, this this matter of air. I can't even find it. There we go. Let's talk about fathers here. And let's go ahead and read this together. It says this, and ye fathers, ready? Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, again, Provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So this this provoke is literally to, to irritate or to to uh, to get under their skin. So here here's the thing, is uh, when I get angry or when we get angry, it's very easy to to be able to even hit our own our kids as hot buttons. That's provoking them. Now they did something wrong, but I'm going to make it a little bit worse and just kind of add insult to injury. I mean, I'm talking about. How many of your parents ever did that to you? You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so, it's just an understanding that I have to be very careful in how I deal with anger—not just with my spouse, uh, but with my flesh—that I don't come back to insult my kids. Yes, they did wrong, but there's a way to even handle that, and not to add insult to injury, not to deal with uh, my kids, and my own anger. Again, I'm fighting for my kids right now. I'm uh, fighting for the well-being of my kids. Uh, I'm fighting to build this wall. We talked about those standards and the boundaries and all that. I'm fighting to build all that. So one of the first things I have to realize is I've got my own demons. i got to fight against the, the spiritual warfare, but i also got my own flesh and make sure that I don't operate uh, in, 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 in the flesh. You know, when you're dealing with kids, I don't know if I said this last week or not, but take the time for yourself uh, to cool down uh, before you... Enforce capital punishment, okay? And before you uh, drop the hammer, uh, boy, and just, and rightfully so. I mean, listen, you, you you willfully disobeyed me. It was an intentional rebellion. You exactly went against what I, what I just said. And man, I, here we go. We are going to just drop the gauntlet, and we're just, we're just, I'm going to just berate you, and just tear you down, and just tell you the what for. I could do that, uh, but i got to step back a little bit, and we all need to step back a little bit, and I don't want to operate in anger. So many Christian parents use the disobedient card as a card of operating in anger, and it's not, it's not biblical, and so i got to make sure that I'm not provoking my kids to wrath, uh, but I'm going to raise them in the admonition and the nurture of the Lord Jesus Christ, and so I'm going to lovingly bring them back. And um, so, and uh, I messed up. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but so many times I have to step back and say, so "Wait a minute." Um, I'm not going to respond right now. I mean, just I just need, I just need to, you know about an hour or two to be able to pray on this, cool down a little bit. Because how many know that your kids they can really tick you off? How many of you have ever been there before? You Ever been ticked off? Uh, boy, I tell you, that happens. I'm, you, I'm just telling you, you don't need your spouse to do that. Your kids can do that for them. Amen. And uh, so make sure you don't. Number one, fighting your own flesh, especially with your kids in this matter of anger. And, and don't forget this, and that is many times we justify their diso- my anger by their disobedience. And so i got to be very careful with that. You come back from work, you've been frustrated all day at work, and all of a sudden, man, you get the unleashing of the kids, and it's just, they're just fighting or doing whatever. And last thing, you, you've been bottling up all day at work. Uh, you've been putting up with it all day, and then all of a sudden, you're just going to just let these kids have it wasn't so much the kids it was what happened at work that uh, the kids just triggered it and you just let them have it so uh and maybe you could, could could testify to say yeah i've been one of those kids before where mom and dad just let me have it and i'm like dude i mean all, all, all i did was ate a cookie i mean i knew i wasn't supposed to eat the cookie but really wasn't all that you know um uh, so anyway we've all been there so number two of that is this so number one is anger uh number two in this matter of apathy uh, the matter of apathy. Now I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. This one here I'm going to spend a little bit of time on because it's, it's so, so important. Uh, Deuteronomy 6. And this is like the command or the passage that God instructs the children of Israel on how to deal with parenting. And, uh, and so we have anger and then we have apathy. Now, again, this is just our flesh. Uh, before I read this passage, how many have ever, first of all, how many of you work you have a job, Rajanne. Do you have a job? Okay. Uh, so how many of you are, you moms are stay-at-home, right? Okay, so we have a few of those. And um, uh, how many of you are very, very busy? The stay-at-home mom is ex- extremely busy. And uh, yes, yes, we have two hands testifying, man. Um, and so every single one of us are, will would enjoy... Like, taking a vacation from parenting, even while your kids are there. Like, just don't bother. You ever have the uh, just, just don't bother me mode? I've never had those, like, little sign that says, do not bother me. And so the response is this, dude, uh, just ask mom. I don't care. Just go ask mom, you know. What does mom say? I, I don't care. Ask your dad. I, I could care less. But, like, just don't bother me. Uh, so here we go. Deuteronomy 6. Look at verse number 5. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And so how many have heard that verse before? Amen. Jesus quoted it as the greatest commandment of all in the New Testament. He's quoting out of Deuteronomy there. Verse number 6. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine where? Heart. Heart. Now, as we get these words in our heart, he says in verse 7, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. Huh. Thou shalt talk with them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up. <clears throat> Bind them for a sign upon thine hand, shall be as frontless between thine eyes. Shall write them upon the posts of thine house and on thy gates. Man, this he hammers it just like pretty much everywhere you go. This thing that you've hid in your heart. Well, what is this thing you've hid in your heart? The words. Well, what words is he talking about? Well. The actual words he's talking about are the first five books of the Bible, called it the Law, or called the Pentateuch, or the Jews will call it the Torah. So this is what they're referring to. This is what God gave to Moses there, and Moses puts pen to parchment, or you know chalk to stone, however you want to word it, uh, and puts puts it to parchment, and he gives them to the children of Israel. And this is the only book of the Law, as Joshua refers it to, refers to it as the book of the Law. The reason why it's called the book of the Law is because it was the law. Uh, the first five books was called the law. That's all they had back then. Today, we have the whole whole, uh, canonized word of God. So today, the application would be the entire book, okay? Not just the book of the law or these words referring to the first five books, but we've got the entire thing today because now we're talking like 3,500 years later, uh, we have the entire thing. And so <clears throat> what, a, what a great thing to realize, uh, and we've got, we've got a copy of the book, now he says, listen, I want you to think about this thing. Now, here's a key word. If you look back at that verse number seven, I believe it is. Yeah, seven. Uh, the key word is diligently. You see that there? Diligently uh, teach them, or teach them diligently to thy children. Now, the word diligently is the antithesis of apathetic. And so when somebody is apathetic, it is the I don't care, like, attitude like yeah yeah whatever you know but when somebody is diligent they are intentional somebody is diligent they are they are razor sharp they are focused and they stay engaged because why they're diligent and jesus says no for us to have these things in our heart first of all i have to be diligent first of all in the word of god and then diligently to teach this how do i transfer this knowledge how do i transfer my heart i believe everybody here today i'm gonna say pastor I have got a heart for God. Just raise your hand to make yourself look good, okay? Uh, So, I have a heart for God. Uh, I have a heart for the Word of God. I have a heart for prayer. Uh, I have a heart for all this. I mean, obviously, you're sitting in Sunday school this morning, you have a heart to learn, praise God. But sometimes you feel like your kids don't. You know, like, how do I transfer this heart that I got? And how do I give this to my kids? Uh, And so I have to be like thinking, how can I diligently teach it? So I have to fight my own flesh. My own flesh says, I could care less. My own flesh says, I really don't care. Everybody here today has your own ideals and your own goals. If I had to sit here today and say, listen, I want to build a business, we want to make money, we want to pay off our house, you know, we want to have you know, two cars. We want to pay them all off. I mean, they're all financial goals, uh, goals for your home, uh, roof. I mean, these are all just, it's, these are things that are just part of life. You, there's no way to get around it. I mean, how many of y'all live in a place? Apartment, place, something, trailer, house, mansion, whatever. So we all live in something. So these are things that are just natural parts of life. But very rarely do I ask a, a person, uh, a father, a mother, or uh, whoever, and say, listen, what's one of your goals? Very rarely, I do get this answer, but very rarely, it's this. I do, I just want to see my kids love God. That's a unique goal. I just want to see my kids have a heart for God. I want to see my kids walk with God. Uh, wow, it just sort of changes the perspective there a little bit of the priority of what we're doing, why we're doing it, and so I see here I got to fight this thing about being apathy or I being apathetic now you see a little you see a little chart right there i see the chart there a little box with all the stuff in it i am gonna explain that box in, in, a, in a little bit here um but this word diligently comes from an old hebrew word uh from which means to sharpen arrows which mean back in the day they had very primitive tools of being able to sharpen an arrow uh bob talks about in proverbs like if you've got kids your quiver is full Okay, we, we, we're referring to kids as arrows. You, you ever see that in the Old Testament? Talk about making your arrow sharp, uh, making your arrow straight, and it's referring to the kids, like the, referring to kids as arrows. And so when it says diligently teach them, it uses the old Hebrew word from as having your quiver full, you'll be blessed, and all this and that. Uh, but using those understanding and how intent when somebody is making an arrow. They are. They have to be looking at that tip and making sure that everything is straight. Making sure that that tip is is good and razor sharp. Making sure that everything is. I mean, you have to be diligently making sure that thing is honed in just right. Right when you're making that arrow, and he uses that same uses that same word referring to the children and diligently teaching your children. So listen, he said, listen. When you look at your kids, you have to look at each kid. Individually, as a separate arrow, and realize that every arrow or every branch that you get before you start to make that arrow, every branch has got its own little crooks. Every branch has its own little knobs that need to be notched or need to be kind of knocked off. Uh, every branch has got its own unique design, which means this: I can't treat every kid the same. I can't even treat every marriage the same. Uh, We can't even treat every spouse the same. Why? Because every single one of us is so different. Uh, Every single marriage, everybody here today, we could talk about just the unique backgrounds of everybody here today. The stories are so diverse, even right here. They're so diverse, which means this. The biblical principle is true, but the application will be different for you. And so the principle of, yes, we have a heart for God and teach it to our children, but how you're going to transfer this knowledge to your children is going to be different than how I transfer this knowledge to my children. The principle is the same. We're going to transfer the heart of God and transfer the word of God to our kids, but they're going to be different. But the principle is, let's be diligent. The principle is understanding the branch that I got, the kid that I got, or the kids that I have. I have two both of my kids are opposite in so many different areas and so i realized that me sharpening my son is going to be different than me sharp different way of me sharpening my daughter and the 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 knobs and the crooks that she has are different than the knobs and the crooks that he has and so one I might have to put in some hot water to soften it and maybe straighten it out and the other I might get a razor blade and just start kind of knocking some things off why because it just depends on the wood it depends on where the crook is it depends on so many different facets that I have to say listen I can't treat him and her the exact same way I might provoke one or the other to anger I want to make sure that I am raising them in the admonition and in the nurture to do all that I can. And so I'm begging God for his wisdom and how to be diligent for each child and begging God for wisdom and how to appropriately guide them, right? To teach them everywhere I'm gonna be teaching them. And so, here we go. So this matter of apathy, you see the black part of the box, you'll see uh, different areas there. Let's go with the. um, Let's start with the bottom, bottom right. Neglectful, the neglectful parent. Okay, so this is all pertains to being apathetic, and all pertains to Deuteronomy six, where it talks about to be diligent, right? To be teaching your children. The neglectful parent tends to avoid his children, and he would rather do anything else, but be with them. Some of you maybe have had a parent or know a parents that are what we would say neglectful, and so they just don't like to be with children. They don't like babies. They don't want to be with their kids. Completely neglectful uh, doesn't doesn't work. That parent is completely abandoning their kids. Might live in the same house, but they neglect the kids. And why? Well, listen, I was home all night long with my kids. You were in the same house with your kids, but you were not home with your kids. Big difference. And so neglectful parent. This, this is very, very damaging to the children. Uh, by the way, it's very damaging to a marriage as well. And so, uh, but boy, don't don't, don't be neglectful or completely non-diligent. That would be a non-diligent parent. Uh, number two I see in that is this is the permissive parent. So let's go to the box next door. Now listen, when you see here in the chart, let me see if I have another piece of paper with that chart on there. Let me show this to you what you see in the chart, all right, so you have here where we say neglectful, then you see low love, low control. You see that? And so where the chart is, it kind of relates to the things around it. And so this is probably like the worst, uh, is the neglectful, low love, low control, which means the kids don't feel the love and you have no control over your kids. Doesn't mean that you can't boss them around. It means that you've got no control through influence. You're not reaching their heart. You're not able to control them and kind of get them steered for God. And so, man, how important uh, that neglectful part. Now, number two, that is just the permissive part. Uh, the permissive parent, it allows uh, the child to lead rather than the parent leading the child. Uh, the permissive parent fears his own children. Fears I've been to Walmart. Don't you just love Walmart? How many love Walmart? Really? How many of you are, like, target people? Okay. Uh, what's the other one? Colt. No, yeah, whatever. Uh, how many shop at Walmart? Walmart, to me, is one of the most entertaining places on planet Earth. You can literally go there any time of the day and see pajamas at any time of the day. Uh, you can literally go to Walmart and 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 see crazy things. One of the most entertaining things, not that it's, it's not, it's not humorous, but is to watch kids deal with, or watch parents deal with their kids. How you ever watch it? And it's like, are you, like, you walk away and be like, are you kidding me? One of two things, children's services needs to be called on this parent. Number two, this parent needs, like, serious, intense parental counseling. Uh, or, number three, the child is going to also need intense, you like counseling because of the abuse of the parent and whatever the parent has allowed and etc cetera, etc cetera. but in many cases I've seen parents just like oh Johnny, you want pop-tarts oh sure oh and he starts I want a you know uh, uh, oh what's that cereal uh, Captain Crunch chocolate Captain Crunch oh sure oh you want gummy bears oh sure I want this. Uh, what's the next thing? Um, um, oh, you know, uh, oh, what's it? Basketball. Oh, I'm sorry, Johnny. You can't have a basketball. I really want a basketball. I'm sorry. You, you can't. Have, but I, oh, and all of a sudden, you see that, okay, here's your basketball. You know, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, you you completely lost control. Like, you have no, you you have a high amount of, you see they're permissive. High amount of love. Oh, yeah, you love your kids, but very low control. And so these kids are walking all over you. Ay, ay, ay. that's almost as damaging as, as a neglectful parent. Uh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, that's, just, that's just so, so, so hurtful. So be very, very careful uh, about the permissive. Uh, there's time to be permissive, but can I just say this? Um, this is where a lot of apathetic parents most often fall. Uh, the lack of concern leads them to allow the kids to continue to have bad behavior. The kids have got to know where the boundaries are. And so it takes great diligence to be able to say, okay, here are the boundaries. And I can remember, man, my mom so many times would say, listen, when we go to the store, I already have my shopping list done. That's all we're getting. Don't you ask me for one thing. Don't you say, don't you say this, don't you? This is all, listen, so she prepared ahead of time and then she made the list and all this and that. Now every once in a while, she would say this, if you're really good, if you're really good, I might surprise you. Okay, we can play the really good game. And so uh, I'm I, I'm you know, I'm not saying nothing. Um, we walk through the store, I'm just kind of, I'm like, man, I want all that stuff, you know? and. And sure enough, we were really good, and my sisters were too. And man, we, we get the end, and she knew what our favorite cereals were. We get done. She got her cards full. She goes back goes back up to the thing, and she said, here's your favorite cereal. She goes, you want this? I said, oh, yeah. She, and you want Pop-Tarts? Oh, yeah. She goes, my sister, you want this? She goes, oh, yeah. Oh, man, she rewarded us, man. It was awesome. But I wasn't allowed to beg for it. And she, she had us drilled about that, and so she would reward us for it. But man, it was one of those things. Again, uh, she, my mom had a really good balance. My wife did the same thing. And um, but again, uh, it's just it's just a fine line there about this matter of being, being permissive and allowing the kids to kind of rule or to lead and always tell the parents what they want and demand it. And mom and dad does it. And so it's, anyhow, uh, so let's, let's kind of go where we need to go. And that is this about this matter of being diligent is number four. Or whatever, where number whatever your next number there is the author, the authoritarian parent, the authoritarian parent oh boy. So the authoritarian if you look at your chart there high control low love and so you see the opposite of the permissive parent. this is like the pendulum has swung. <whistles> yeah the parent who's permissive get whatever you want and then you got the authoritarian parent is like where the highway brother. And like it or lump it, it's the way it is. So the authoritarian parent does this: pushes the child to conform rather than to mature. Again, forces them. You need to come, you're gonna do what I tell you to do, as opposed to allowing them to mature. They're going to be immature. The one of the worst stages is the junior high age. Ay, yay, yay. Wait till your kids get to be junior highers. Yay, yay, yay so immature. <laughs> God help them. I'm so glad my kids are older than that now. But anyway, but, uh, but boy, I tell you, it's, it's something. But it's so easy at that point to say, you you need to conform. You, you need to do what I tell you to do. Um, when they're younger, it needs to be done. But when they get older, there needs to be a transition somewhere that 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years of age, a transition of, I shouldn't have to always be telling you what to do. At some point, my leadership and my love for you ought to develop them to where they want to do that. If they're, if they're 17, 18, and I'm still treating them like they were four and five, there's a problem. I, I, as a parent was not able to lead them properly to where they can make their own decisions. So I'm, I'm leading them to maturity and responsibility, not just conforming to my rules and regulations. And so, yes, when they're that age, yes, listen, they need to know who's in charge. But when they get older, at some point, they should be able to just do these things on their own. And, uh, and so how important that is. So the, the, but the authoritarian parent pushes the child to conform rather than to mature. Listen, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it in church uh, over and over again. These, the, the, the parents want their kids to look good in church. Now, watch this now. They want their kids to look good in church. So if their kid ever embarrasses them, and I've been through this so many times, and I'm sure you will, but if their kid ever embarrasses them, especially in church, you know, we got one of those activities and, you know, the kid blurts out something like, you know, uh, no, I saw mommy and daddy kissing and, da, 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 and it's like, Shut up, you know, you know, whatever. Or I, you know, um, uh, or they, 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 they say some word that's probably not appropriate in a church setting, which, you know, it's like, oh man, where do you, like, I, I don't even know where he heard this word, How, what? and he blurts it out in public to everybody, and like, what? And you turn bright red, and you're just getting all embarrassed, and I mean, you're going to take him home and beat the snot out of him. Now, hang on a second. Before you go home and beat the snot, don't you ever do that to me in church ever again. You embarrass me, blah, blah, blah. Before you beat the snot of that kid, he's only five. He probably heard it from the juniors cause some kid in junior church. He probably heard it on TV somewhere. He probably heard it. Who knows where he heard it? From a neighbor kid or something. He decided to blurt it out there in church. It didn't come from you, but because of my embarrassment that everybody else thinks I'm raising my kid to be some, you know, pagan or some heathen, that I'm gonna be all embarrassed, so I want and I want to take it out on my kid. Oh, hang on a second. Let's just deal with it. Hey, where'd you where'd you learn this? Well, I don't know. They always say that by the way. I don't know. They'll never throw their friends under the bus. Never. I don't know. Uh, so be, just, just think about these things and uh, not to have them conform. So you want to deal with it, help them understand the rights and the wrongs. Um, don't deal with them with anger on that. Don't be apathetic about it. Be diligent. And so another thing about the authoritarian parent and that is this. He has all the rules but no relationship. He has all the rules but no relationship. He does not know the power of praise. Has all the rules, but no relationship. And this is so important. Um, uh, you know, when you're, I'm all about cracking the whip, and I, I, I believe in, in having rules and abiding by and I believe in all that. Um, can I say this? Typically men do, typically women don't. Typically, women are softies because they have mother's nature uh, typically men are hard and firm because they have that father figure it's just it's just it's just the way God made the home uh, mom has a tender heart so it's just understand each other on that and kind of have a medium ground somewhere but in this matter that is this if it's all you know you're not gonna do this you' not gonna do this and you know by my, my rules you can't live my house I get it all amen to that but there's no relationship all you're being is some dictator, some authoritarian, like you're just, ah, I I rule with a rod of iron. Well, praise God you do, but you also need to have a a heart of love. Uh, They also need to know that you can sit down and just talk to them and just sit down and just be with them, play with them, Uh, because that almost gives us an inroad to where when I do crack that whip and I do have that rod of iron, that they will listen and they'll respect it. A lot of times they'll, 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 they'll harbor and harbor and they'll harbor the bitterness. And you don't find out they're bitter till they're about 18, 19 years of age. And then it all finally all comes out that they've been bitter. And so be very careful not to be come across as authoritarian, where you have no rules. And the power of praise. Man, praise your kids. Uh, I was reading one book, and a, a great author about parent uh, parenting that is this. He said you should, you should praise twice as much as you criticize. Praise twice as much as you criticize. Find something good about your kids. Most of us are typically not praising people, but if I can think about this, when my kids three and four years of age, okay, listen, he finally obeyed me. (laughs) Wow. What a revolution. Okay, great. Man, Johnny, great job. You obeyed. Well, that's what he's supposed to do. Do you know that people are born to do what they're not supposed to do? because we're born into what sin we're, we're born with a damic uh, nature which means we were born under Adam's race which means we were born with flesh we were born to sin we were born to do that what we're not supposed to do so here's the thing if he did obey he's going against the grain he's not even saved yet Holy Spirit is not even there yet he has no idea about the spiritual warfare, like you and I know. And so, for him to be, or her, to, to finally obey, oh! Now, I'm not going to give him, like, you know, brand new shoes and, you know, you know brand new clothes and all that, but just, just a little bit of praise goes a long way. Great job. He did a great job obeying. Thank you so much. You know, praise the Lord. My wife finally submits. Oh, sweetheart, you finally did a good job. Thank you so much. And uh, praise the Lord for you. You know, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so, but boy, <clears throat> uh, does that know the power of praise. That's so, so important. And when you praise and praise and praise, and then when you do turn around and you do gotta crack that whip, it's gonna be cushioned by a boatload of praise. Uh, I love the coach, I do, I really love the coach. And, um, but when you watch a good coach, you'll see a good coach get onto his players, but you often see him on the side, pull those players out one by one, be like, hey, by the way, you did a great job here, and you did a great job here, and you did a great job here, and you did a great job there. Understand, uh, it's about being diligent, right? Number four, that is to we'll be done. That is the the authoritative parent. Now, this one probably is probably the best scenario, the authoritative parent. Now, if you look at that chart again, the authoritative parent, um, high love and high control. Thor- the authoritarian, high control but low love. But probably the best scenario would be the authoritative, uh, the author, the authoritative parent which is apparent that fellowships with the, with the child, leads the child to maturity, has a real relationship uh, with fellowship and fun. Uh, the child can say things and be heard, deal with it, issues in a natural way, uh, cares enough to get involved and be able to sit down. And can I just say this? To be an authoritative parent, it simply takes a boatload of one word and it's four letters and it's time. It takes a boatload of time. So many times, when you want to come home, or you want to be permissive, you want to be permissive. I don't care. Do what you want. I'm just tired. That's 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 not good. You want to be neglectful? Don't even bother me. Get out of here. That's not good. And then you want to come across a little bit of anger and say, you know what? I'm the authoritarian. I'm, I'm, I'm going to come across like with my rod of iron and just just just. T- that's not always healthy either, but the authoritative parent says, yes, my children know that I'm in control. My children know that I love them. My children know that I'm going to lead them to maturity. And so the whole goal is when they're born, when they're that age, I'm, I'm constantly being diligent. Why? I'm sharpening an arrow that by the time that they're ready to go and I'm going to shoot them out of my bow. And once I'm able to shoot them out of my bow, they're gone. That's usually on graduation day. And there they go. Are they going to go straight? Are they going to hit the mark, hit the target? Because my goal was to shoot them to Jesus Christ, right? And so I have to, do, I have to be diligent in spending 18 years of making that arrow. Spending 18. Listen, you don't get a year off of parenting. You don't get like six months sabbatical. It don't, it don't happen. I wish you did, but it doesn't happen. So I'm spending 18 years they say it takes a quarter of a million dollars to to raise a child. That's what they say. I don't know whose house that is. I, I want that money, but that's what the stats say: a quarter of a million dollars for eighteen years, food, clothes, all that stuff to raise a child. Wow. But can I say what's more valuable than that? It's spending. But it's spending that much time, all those hours. Can I say it's 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 it is gut wrenching. We're tired we're exhausted, you do, it's the last thing you want to do is, 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 is all of a sudden they're fighting and okay, I gotta take a half hour now and deal with all their emotions. A little five-year-old, like are you serious? Do I have to stoop to this level? Yes, I do. I have to stoop to a five-year-old level to deal with it and help them understand because I'm wanting them to mature and I want to be able to shoot that arrow straight. And so again, we're fighting our own flesh and this matter of our own children. Think about those four areas. Because every single one of us falls somewhere in one of those four. And uh, so hope it helps a little bit. I uh, hope that's encouraging a little bit. And so if you can go for the high control, high love, that's where you want to go. High control, high love. Takes time, takes love, takes rules, takes wisdom, takes diligence that we're going to teach our children. And I'm going to stop with that t- here this morning. And um, I pray it's a help to you. How many find yourself in one of those four categories? Somewhere in there, and uh, yeah, all four, right? <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, oh, number four, yeah. Uh, so just, just uh, be praying for all of that, and I'll be praying for you. And how um, we say, pastor, just, pray for our family. How we say, just pray for our family. Would you raise your hand? Pray for our family. We'll pray for us. And um, let me just say this too. I'm just thinking about this. Uh, many of you have been raised by a parent who was like this, whether it be or permissive, or neglectful, whatever the case may be, can I say that whatever it is, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can rise above that. And you don't have to be what your parents were. My dad wants me to improve on his parenting. And by the way, I want my son to improve on my parenting, uh, when he gets to be older. And so I I want them to improve on that. And so by the power of God, maybe we learn these lessons and say, you know, I I want to be that, not authoritative, No not authoritarian, but authoritative uh, to where I'm loving them, helping them, guiding them, teaching them, nurturing them. Uh, We'll get more about that later. Lord, pray you help us today. Lord, thanks so much for your love to us. Lord, I thank you for this weekend. Think of the Labor Day weekend. And Lord, I pray that you would just be with all the parents as we spend time together tomorrow with our families. And Lord, I pray that uh, you just help us in a special way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.